Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got an interesting show today. With COVID and everything, so many people delayed uh, funerals and things. And our guest today has a really wonderful, innovative idea of what people can do if they want to have online memorials. But also, he is a bereaved dad, and I know that that makes him especially sensitive to this yeah. field and creating memorials. How do you want to introduce our guest? Sure, Mom, I'd love to. Our guest today is Barry Koch. He is the co-founder of TG Beyond, a company that produces customized virtual memorials. He is a long-term volunteer with the Hospice Atlanta, a member of the Green Burial Council Speakers Bureau, and he holds a certificate of thanatology from the Association for Deaf Educators and Counselors. Welcome to the show, Barry. Hey, thanks, Heidi. Thanks, Gloria. Good to be here. And I've never uh, been with a mother-daughter uh, counseling team before. So <laughs> be gentle. I love be gentle, right? <laughs> so, um, well, I was looking at the name of your organization. It's kind of to go beyond, right? Is that what it you is? To go beyond, the great beyond, oh, the God. green beyond. We <laughs> touch on uh, a number of different uh, oh, I love this. I was wondering about that. Okay. Yeah. You know, Heidi, I know met you at um, ADAC, which is the Association of Deaf Educators, which I know a lot of people don't know about. It's a wonderful conference every year with professional people, very interesting speakers. So uh, just to let, give a little shout out for that. But also, Heidi and I have found through the years, we've been in this business for quite a, many years, and a lot of people have actually had a loss, you know, way back that are that are drawn to this area because yeah. grief and loss is not an area a lot of people sometimes want to touch or want to be involved with but but you lost a little guy harper edward what 25 years ago yeah he was born in september of 96 and died in february of 1997 so it's been a good long while mm-hmm, mm -hmm. five months old did, did he die sudden death or how did he die you know um our first child um, seemed like the pregnancy was normal. But to be honest, my wife, Phil, um, had some witchy feelings during the mm -hmm. pregnancy, which mm -hmm. um, we'll talk more about this. I don't think she felt were properly paid attention to. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a situation where she went into labor in the middle of the night. Um, in retrospect, maybe a couple of irregularities. Um, Harper was born about seven in the morning, and it went from the joy of having your first child born to delivery room nightmare in about 15 seconds. Oh my so God. Wow. He, had a, he had a bad birth. He was born uh, HIE, um, hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, and um, was not expected to live even a day. I distinctly, we distinctly remember the uh, neonatologist coming in and saying his blood gases are incompatible with life, which is not exactly right. what you want to hear when your first child is being born. Right. And he lived for five and a half months. Wow. wow. Did you get him home? Yeah, we, um, you know, as, as you guys know, when something like this happens, you don't even know which way is up. 
Mm -hmm. right? So we were, we did a DNR um, the first morning, the morning after he was born. Um, after about three or four days in the neonate, uh, the NICO unit, uh, it became clear that he was going to live for some time. A social worker came into our room and said, um, there's a pediatric hospice program at Hospice Atlanta, oh. which is located about five miles from where we live and five miles from the hospital. And we were, um, he was obviously hospice eligible. So we moved probably on his sixth or seventh day because he was not um, feeding, he had a tube. Um, we moved from the NICO to a hospice unit. It wasn't until probably a couple of years later that I realized that pediatric hospice is not a common program, and it certainly was not in 1997. No. So we were fortunate enough to have those resources very close by, which very few people or many people don't have that that possibility. I want to I want to know when you tell me this story. You know what came up for me first? Mm -hmm. This guy Harper's a fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, um, we used to call him the little trumpet. He, um, he had a lot of <laughs> neurological issues, which I think probably led to him uh, crying a lot. And uh, we used to call him the little trumpet. Um, <laughs> you know, it was interesting when you're on this, and I'm sure it happens for so many people in pediatric programs or with uh, advanced illnesses. It's a roller coaster. You just don't know what is going to happen. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, my mind, I mean, I was spending, this is pre-internet. So I was in the Emory School, uh, Emory Medical School Library for hours and hours and hours wow. trying to understand what the diagnosis even meant, mm -hmm. right. um, what the prognosis might be. And, um, you know, it's, uh, we're in that season right now of who shall live and who shall die, right? Uh, what is yeah. written in, in, the, in the book. And um, you just don't know the answers and, you know, you want the answers, but you can't have them. Right, right, absolutely. How do you think it's impacted you through the years, through these 25 years? You know, it's interesting. Uh, you, in my bio, I shared that I, I worked in media for most of my career. I worked for Ted Turner for many years. I worked at Cable News Network, CNN back in the early days, and ran a Cartoon Network in Latin America for many years. So this was not my training or my background. Um, a few things happened. I always had a sense, I got involved doing hospice volunteer work not long after he um, he passed. Um, I always had a sense that I would do something in this end of life space for many, many years. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know when it was going to happen. And then it just evolved. It had a profoundly um, spiritual slash religious experience that involved Harper, which in one millisecond went from what I would say um, agnosticism to belief in something. And it was mm -hmm. such a remarkable experience that if somebody conveyed it to me, I might not believe them and was and is completely undeniable. I was in the uh, neonatal uh, unit with him. And um, for one billionth of a second, I saw something or was shown something that the only word that begins to encapsulate it is soul. Um, and I had no concept of soul before that, other than, you know, soul music or soul food or something, and have been pursuing that in a way for 25 years. A husband and wife, a man and woman, two people, same sex, whatever, going through 
what would be defined externally as a common event can have remarkably different impacts and remarkably different feelings and emotions and thoughts attached to it. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I are still together, I'm happy to say. We now have a 24-year-old daughter named Mariah who was born a couple of years after Harper died. Um, but our experiences and our reactions and what has followed have been night and day, remarkably mm -hmm. different. You got started in a whole endeavor. How did you get into the endeavor with yes. your to go beyond, TG beyond? So, um, you know, I started showing up at the hospice after Harper was born. Um, I'd show up around holiday time, Christmas time, New Year's, visit the, at that point in time, hospice Atlanta had a, an IPU, an inpatient unit, and would walk around and sit in the chair I used to sit in and, you know, I'd visit with some of the folks. I'd make a little donation, have a cup of coffee. Um, and I did that, I guess, enough years that they said, hey, you're showing up a lot. Why don't you join the board of directors? Yeah. So, uh, so I did that. Um, I started doing a little speaking on behalf of the hospice, a little bit of fundraising. Um, I would sit with patients and visit with patients occasionally. Um, there's a bereavement camp called Camp Stars that the hospice runs that's been successful for about 28 years. So I, I started getting involved that way. Um, so when the time came, as it does to all, when someone sits down and says, hey, you've done an amazing job, we love you, and now please go away. When that moment came, which it came about five years ago for me, um, I was um, at a co-working space where I'm sitting right now, and I bumped into the husband of a woman I used to work with. Um, and it's funny because for years we had a running joke. I would see him every two years in a restaurant, at a concert. He'd appear, tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, Barry, I'm stalking you. And I would always forget his name. His name is Jason. <laughs> so, I'm at, so I'm at this co-working space one day and um, having a cup of coffee and Jason appears over my shoulder and taps me, says, hey, Barry, I'm stalking you. I remembered his name this time. I said, hey, Jason, what you doing? We sit down, we're talking. So he goes, I know you just left your job. What are you thinking? And I said, you know, I've got this idea. Um, dying is really hard on the living. How could I possibly help people? navigate the end of life space in a way that makes them feel whole, connected, um, not freaking out, whatever adjectives you want to use. Um, Jason comes from dementia care and senior housing. So he says, all right, when do we start? So we started, we made up a name, we made up TG Beyond. Mm -hmm. We went to the National Funeral Directors Association conference in Salt Lake City about a month later and just started jumping in and getting our feet wet. These are online memorials where you can decide you want to have a memorial service online. You guys will set it all up for people, organize it. Mm -hmm. You'll send out invitations, right? You'll do whatever. We, we collect family media, photos, home movies, videos, musical performances, podcasts. We work with them to help share the story of their loved one. So we do a, a pre-produced piece using all this media and music. Uh, then we host a virtual reception where anywhere between 50 and 500 people or a thousand people can share across the globe. Um, right, we handle the invitations, the communications, the post-production of the event. Uh, we hold people's hands. You have the perfect background for this. And I mean, with your media background and then put everything that my mom and I were talking about this before the show, there's so much that goes into this. 
And to be able to go to your organization, TG Beyond, and have you help to create a very professional, very amazing memorial and tribute to someone's life is just an amazing gift that you're giving people. It is wonderful. And we've learned a couple things. The one is, I don't know if you ever felt, you know, you live in New York, you're in a big city, you're kind of anonymous, you know, maybe people don't know who you are. Do you see, do you see the back, my background? I do. I'm living I, in New York, I'm anonymous and people don't know who I am. But, <laughs> but you're scared. not, what you're not, That's because true. we are known. What we're finding is when you put these memorials together, when you yeah. take the 360 of the coworkers and the childhood friends and the current friends and the relatives, mm -hmm. we are really known as people. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. And, and you know what I love for it now, because I know some of our listeners have not been able to have a funeral or have not, they've been waiting, you know, COVID and all that. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, people are exhausted and here's some yeah. energy that's coming, you know, your way to have people help you do a memorial and it's never too late. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to put this out there. And it's, you, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. I'm thinking you should do a memorial for Harper, but maybe includes it to people at that hospital who haven't had memorials for their for their mm. babies who passed away early on and, and has never had that. I mean, it could kind of be a, a Harper, but for everybody who's had this happen kind of memorial, just, mm -hmm. you know, for, for a kind of a Kind of a fascinating idea. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's funny, even, I don't know if you guys have this, you know, you're in the, you're in the grief business, right. and I'm not specifically in the grief business, but we're asking people to share their stories. I'm still a little bit shy about sharing my personal stuff, um, mm -hmm. but we're in such a confessional age right now. We are. I mean, everything's out there. Heidi's dad was phenomenal. He, he was mm -hmm. a phenomenal person and, and he was. really started a whole industry. And it would have been so interesting to have had his coworkers. Talk. I mean, they were at the funeral, but you really can't have everybody, you know, speaking. So what a lovely thing. What a, a lovely thing. Well, the, mom, you're making a good point. One of the reasons I love these virtual online memorials is you can have people from all walks of life, like you said, Barry, all over the world, everyone you've ever met, this person, the person that died's ever met there because right. they don't have to physically show up. They can show up online, which is pretty amazing. And the, and have, and the really cool thing is you can edit it. <laughs> right, you can edit it. Right. So or you, you don't can have use. those people who drone on. Yeah. Um, and we have permission. So let's say your brother-in-law in Seattle, you know, go back 10 years. Your brother-in-law in Seattle passed away. You didn't really like the guy. You don't mm -hmm. really like your sister, but you got to drop everything and go. Um, yeah. And now, even though COVID is diminishing somewhat, you still have that permission to be there without physically being there. Absolutely. Well, yeah. tell us to people how to get in touch with you. So we are at TG Beyond on Instagram. We are tgbeyond.com um, on our website. And, um, you know, you give us a call. We set up a 30-minute uh, conversation. We get to know you a little bit. We get to know the person you're honoring a little bit. And you very quickly decide if this is for you. And if it is, we have a process for gently guiding you through. Um, we like to have a little bit of time. We don't do many funerals because funerals are, you know, next day, two days later, three days later. Um, typically, we counsel people, you know, give you, since you're doing a memorial, give yourself a little bit of time. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to, 
reach out to speakers and to have to go into the attic and get those photo albums and scan photos. But um, we try and make it as painless as possible. And um, we have been amazed, um, honestly, at how good people feel when these happen. Because um, unlike a funeral, which might be remarkably sad for obvious reasons and where the, where the tears and grief overwhelm everything else, generally enough time has passed that you're really celebrating and honoring the life, which is not to say there's not emotion, there clearly is, but it's a different emotion. Right. So, so Barry, what I'm hearing is that you can have a funeral and an online memorial. Absolutely, I would say right now. I, I mean, love this. Yeah, a lot of people are doing, I think, you know, it depends how geographically spread out your family is. Mm -hmm. Everybody lives in the same town and everybody goes to the same church and has the same funeral director you probably don't need what we do. If your family is spread all over the US and the world, and um, you know you don't have that, that common old town center piece, right. um, yeah, we bring people together, absolutely. Right. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on our show and for talking about what you do and with TG and beyond. It's great work. Um, thanks, this was a real pleasure. And it was great to meet you guys. Thank you so much, Barry. I love that you're a pioneer in the online memorial world. And I'm definitely happy to build awareness and get the message out there because what you're doing is really amazing. And thanks everybody for joining us on this show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.